0: The greatest BYU football plays in the words of the greatest BYU football players. Relive the Miracle Bowl moment. Beck to Harleen and Taysom Hill taming Texas, among others.
1: For the next hour, relive those plays and more on a special BYUSN. BYU Football Great Moments as Told by Players, Volume 1. This is a
2: BYU Sports Nation special. BYU Football Great Moments as Told by Players. Volume 1, presented by the BYU Store. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem
0: Jordan. BYU Sports Station back to work. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the future author of BYU's Not Top Ten Moments, Jerem Jordan.
1: Yeah, maybe that's another show. This is not that show. We're going to have a great show. Great moments, as told by players. So over the many years of doing this show, we've t- had the chance to talk to a lot of great BYU athletes, right? And they've participated in the greatest moments in BYU football history. So you're going to hear, you're going to see those plays and you're going to hear what went into those plays. And it's been fun for us to uh, talk with them. And here we are compiling them. And this is perhaps the greatest show lineup we've ever had.
0: It's unbelievable. Listen to this. Jim McMahon, Steve Young, John Beck, Max Hall, Dennis Pitta, Riley Nelson, Taysom Hill, Tanner Mangum, Micah Simon. Yeah, baby. We love it. We're ready to roll. And leading off this probable greatest show lineup is a man that produced what many BYU fans consider the most spectacular play in BYU football history. Enter Jim McMahon and how he remembers the Miracle Bowl Hail Mary to Clay Brown capping an unbelievable comeback to beat SMU in the 1980 Holiday Bowl. Down by six now, three seconds left. Third and 10 at the SMU 41-yard line. McMahon all the way back in his own 46. Throwing for the end zone. Receivers are there. Defenders are there. It is in the end
3: zone. Who has the ball? BYU Touchdown! Say- Touchdown! Oh. Touchdown. Oh. Touchdown.
0: Everybody remembers... Oh, the Doug Flutie Hail Mary, but I agree with Lavelle Edwards. This one was even more spectacular, but because it wasn't as widespread broadcast, it doesn't get as much notoriety. This also capped a 20-point comeback in the last four minutes.
1: Yeah, it doesn't get old to see that play. And there's so many people who drove away from uh, Jack Murphy Stadium at the time, right, and started trying to come back, but they couldn't get in, or they're just on their way home, or they heard that they uh, you know, came back. I told the story where Paul James recounts being with the men's basketball team in Tennessee after a tournament they played in Knoxville, and he's on the phone listening to the call, relaying it to Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge's dad, and members of the men's basketball team about what happened. And and uh, I think Danny Ainge's dad says, "Dang it, Paul, you better not be lying <laughs> on that play." So unbelievable play, right? And and Jim McMahon joined us on Countdown to Kickoff a few years ago and and talked about that, and that was so cool to to. Uh, discuss that amazing play all those years later oh
0: yeah I love that Gordon Hudson a former BYU great said I was just a youngling on that team and I thought you know down 20 with four minutes to go, I was ready to get on the bus and go
1: home they were used to losing in that game let's go yeah
0: let's not overlook the play and improbable spectacular beyond belief finish gave the legendary Lavelle Edwards and BYU their first ever bowl game win there was some pressure here Jimmy Mack not surprisingly thinks of it often and may just use it as trash talk fodder with a Hall of Fame counterpart who played in that game. You know, the way that game unfolded, it just uh, it, was, it was incredible. You know, I, I see Eric Dickerson a lot at different events around the country. <laughs> he ran shot on
3: us that night, and he, <laughs> he
0: he always says, "You guys stole that
3: game. The refs gave you that game." And I said, "I said, well, if you ta- all you guys needed was one first down." <laughs> yeah. You rest for over 200 yards, you, you and James both, and you only needed one more
4: first down to, k- to win the game.
3: And, yeah, love uh, the story. Luckily, we, we stopped
4: and blocked the punt, and the
0: rest is history. Love the story that Lavelle tells where uh, you came off the sideline, slammed your helmet down, and said, why are, why are we punting? Let's go for it, and, and you win the game. Well, had we punted then, we had
3: no shots. Yeah, right. And who cares if we didn't make the first down? we were already getting our butts kicked, so, you know, just don't throw in the towel, man. If there's time on the clock, you get time to win.
0: Love to see Jimmy Mack rocking a Caddyshack sweatshirt as he recaps the Miracle Bowl. Yeah,
1: there could have been other shirts he could have worn, right? (laughs) And that. So, just what a play. This is the greatest play in BYU football history. I know there are those that feel like Beck to Harleen is beating Utah at the buzzers. just unbelievable, right? But the comeback, winning the first bowl game, it's Jim McMahon. It's 1980. It's the greatest passing year in college football history up to that point with Jim McMahon, who goes 4,000-plus for the first time. I mean, Beating SMU, SMU's a uh, really good team. Pony Express, right? Later, we learned that a bunch of those guys were paid. Yes, at the uh, height of there. their
0: uh, scandal, they, yes. were, they were. They had Eric Dickerson for crying out loud. Craig
1: James, who becomes a commentator later, right, and, and uh, whatnot. So this was a big deal at the time, and there aren't that many bowl games at this time. There're less than twenty at the, at the time, so it's, it's a big deal for BYU to win its first to beat a brand name team to be established. Oh, by the way, Burey's coming off of 1979, where they were 11 and 0 and lost holiday ball and a missed field goal. So here they are, all oh, redemption, right? And it's Jimmy Mack and guess what? He's a junior. He comes back for a senior year.
0: Yeah, and how about that? BYU misses the extra point against Indiana. They lose 38-37 they a field goal. in 79. Okay, so yeah. they they miss a kick. But then they come back with Kurt Gunther, and it's an extra point. It's a kick that seals the
1: win. Yeah, a kick lost to the year before, a kick wins to the next year. Love it. Great point.
0: All right, roughly three years later in the Holiday Bowl once again, another legendary BYU quarterback producing a second heart-stopping finish in San Diego. This time, it's Steve Young trickeration to beat Missouri in 1983.
3: throw, it back to Young. It, it.
0: A play. Just complete overjoyed pandemonium. <laughs> Steve Young high-stepping in the end zone. Oh and the Cougars beat Missouri. This would be the third Holiday Bowl victory for BYU in a four-year span.
1: This was a big deal, too, because we did a show called the 1983 Reviewables where you argued that this is the greatest team in BYU history. It is. So this was a big win to cap it off, right, against Missouri, a team that's now in the SEC. At the time, were they in the Big A maybe or something? So this, this was huge, and the fact that BYU got to that point, there were several plays on that drive that in recapping that, you go, Back and go, oh my gosh, how'd you even get to that point? And to call that play, to call a halfback toss in that moment. You have the best quarterback in the country, and you're going to put the ball in his hands, but you're going to hope that Eddie Stinnett <laughs> throws a successful pass, which, by the way, he successfully did either that season or the season before against New Mexico. So this wasn't the first time we had seen a Stanette to Young pass.
0: Lavelle Edwards said it's a good thing I didn't know what they had called or I would have <laughs> lost my mind. The go-ahead score will always live at the forefront yeah. of the storytelling and reminiscing, but the Sanetti Young throwback doesn't happen if, as you were leading toward Jeremy BYU doesn't convert a critical 4th and 10 on that same drive.
5: The desperation that I had personally, um, you know, I, I, when I got to BYU... You know, Jim was there uh, and, you know, Mark had been there and Giffen and like it just, you know, wears you out and, and, and you, know, you have to win the whack, you have to go to the Holiday Bowl and then you got to win the Holiday Bowl and you got to do it dramatically. You know? I mean, it's like all these things <laughs> that had to happen to really kind of qualify. I mean, people always say you replaced Joe, Joe Montana. I was like, forget that. I, I replaced Mark Wilson and Gifford Nielsen, and Jim McMahon. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. But uh, those few plays, I, I just feel like coaches. We've gotten we gotten blistered by Ohio State last the year before. We got really beat down. And I think at that moment there was a there was a feeling like let's just let's finish it. Let's do this. And I think uh, um, and the conversations around it. And that well, that that passed away. Hamilton was a nutty what were we doing, you should be asking, right? Like, what were we thinking? To put the game on the line on one play at 4th and 10. Um, we're, I guess we're lucky because we would look really stupid if that didn't work out.
0: Well, it's interesting because uh, Lavelle Edwards said of the iconic play of the throwback from Eddie Stinnett to you that it's a good thing he didn't know exactly what was happening until he was watching it happen because he probably would have lost his mind. But when you get that play call and signal it in, uh, what was the reception in the huddle of, of you running that play, which had worked earlier in the season, by the way, to try and beat Missouri?
5: We liked it. I liked that play. I mean, I, I, almost, I, I look to the NFL today and what they're asking quarterbacks to do, and I love it. And I kind of wish that we would have been more innovative and not just had it be a throwback kind of crazy play. We could have done all kinds of cool stuff that you just didn't think about back then. But this is something that I found completely in my wheelhouse, like throw me the ball. We're going to be fine. And I, Eddie, Eddie, I remember Eddie in the huddle. I I call the plane goes, Eddie goes, Oh, what? (laughs) Uh, What do I do do again? And I go, Eddie, just, I'm going to hand it to you. And you can see right there. I said, Eddie, just, I'm going to hand it to you. Then you turn and throw it. And like, if you think about it, Eddie made no effort to look like he was going to run with the ball. He was so panicked. He got the ball and just turned. And then so Bobby <laughs> Bell, an All-American linebacker, Bobby Bell, because Eddie didn't really make it look like it was going to be anything, he just turned and threw it. And Bobby Bell should have intercepted it for, the, for a touchdown. And if you can – you I don't know if – I'm kind of catching it out of the top of my, my, my sights here, but you can see when Eddie goes to throw it, watch Bobby Bell. He has the ball. Yep. Oh, It's, it's right – and he tips it. So he catches the tip of it, and then I catch the back end of the ball, and um, and then once, but you know, once I catch it, it's over because there's nobody over there. and it's super fun, and you can see uh, that's me with no uh, sense of um, un- unfiltered. This is right now. <laughs> I am unfiltered. There's completely <laughs> zero filter with no plan whatsoever. Like I don't know what to do, and it's super odd. But uh, uh, one of the one of the cool things, you know, they. To, to, Catch a touch. I just loved it. I loved. I wish we would have done way more of it. Um, looking back, I wish that, uh, um, you know, I just think there's the quarterbacks could, you know, I, I could have done a lot of more interesting, cool stuff. It just, we didn't, hadn't thought of it yet.
0: Does anybody have any problem <laughs> with that unfiltered <laughs> version of Steve Young? That's no, good, the good. high step
1: was brilliant. The high knees. And in the 2016 Poinsettia Bowl, which be always the champions of forever because they you know, ended the bowl after that. Yeah. Uh, we went to you know the stadium where so many holiday bowls uh, happened, and it was cool to be in those end zones and just know, hey, this is the end zone where Steve Young, you know, did the high knees and caught the pass, and, and it's the same end zone, by the way, that uh, the hail mary happens in that we just talked about, and and Kyle Van Noy's amazing plays. Kelly in that Smith catches
0: the touchdown that's... pass to win the national championship, dude. That's the end
1: zone. That's the greatest end zone in BYU history. It's not in LaBelle Edwards Stadium. It's actually in San Diego.
0: It's at uh, the former old school Jack Murphy Stadium, which has become like 17 other things since, and I think is still Qualcomm Stadium. Is it still Qualcomm? I don't know. Maybe it's something I don't even, new.
1: Yeah, and you went there covering the Chargers when you worked in uh, Palm Springs a bunch, so yeah. you've been in that stadium got a bunch, right? a lot
0: of time in that stadium. Yeah, that's But awesome, you're right. <laughs> in terms of legendary end zones and moments, it's hard to argue against that place and that end zone.
1: Like, Outside of Lavelle Edwards Stadium, maybe. But, I mean, unbelievable events there. And what a, a play call. And, and Steve's uh, explaining that. It's just gnarly. But, yeah, fourth and ten conversion. They went for, they passed up a field goal on the drive. So, uh, some gutsy, uh, gutsy play there. Okay, coming up, Dennis Pitt's fourth down heroics against Oklahoma in 2009.
0: Plus, back to Harleen, as told by the only guys who actually knew where the pass was going. That's next on BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
0: We continue this BYU Sports Nation special in Studio B, the greatest moments as told by players. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. And in 2006, I was also, quite literally, alongside Jerem Jordan on the sideline.
1: Yeah, we drove to the game with Jordan Fine, I remember.
0: Rice Eccles Stadium, Salt Lake City for a play that was voted number one by BYU fans in 2013. It's right there with the Miracle Bowl as the greatest play in BYU football history. We can sum it up in three words. Beck to Harleen. They have a three-deep zone. They have McCain up on Harleen, but they have someone behind him. They have to go to the
4: end zone.
6: Final play of the game, barring a penalty all the time in the world for Beck. Can anybody get open for him? He'll roll. Let's it go.
1: Find this guy. Touchdown. Johnny Harleen comes all the way across the field. Beck finds him and it's a touchdown in BYU. Swarms
7: the field. They win it. Five in a row won't happen. John Beck.
0: The jumping up and down of the BYU fans in that little sliver of Rice Echo Stadium gets me every time. They
1: were on the opposite end, tucked in the corner. My mom is in the exact perfect place to see the pass. She is with my stepdad, Ute, named Bruce. Super nice guy. The only thing I don't like about him is that he's a Ute fan. That's it. But other than that, he's great. No, that was, you and I are right next to each other. I've told the story. I'll tell it again. So I've got a camera. You're, you're, you're in reporter mode. You know You can just watch. It's great. You do your work later. So I'm shooting, and I dropped the lens to watch the ball. And it was worth it. <laughs> Nobody faults you for that. I was not hired as a cameraman here for a
3: reason.
1: <laughs> but, yeah, so props to everyone that got the shot. But what a moment. I mean, to beat Utah in that fashion is unbelievable. And three years later, BYU has a walk-off winner again against Utah. And there have been several moments where, uh, you know, there's walk, walk-off field goals or walk-off missed field goals, right? But, but to have this, and, again, there was a four-game win streak. Utah had turned the tide in this rivalry, but BYU was the better team but needed this win. And it was back and forth. This is one of the greatest games, by the way, in BYU football history. I love that game.
0: Now, at last glance in the 2020 BYU football media guide, Johnny Harleen is still open. He's still open. And spoke with us prior to the 2015 Las Vegas Bowl about the emotions of rewatching that iconic, unforgettable play to end a four-game losing streak, mind you, to Utah.
2: I always just try to remember, you know, what it was like for me, you know, inside my helmet and kind of my view. And I just remember, you know, the ball, I remember just, I kind of snuck over to that side and, um, everyone started, you know, flowing the other direction, which, you know, once it's a scramble drill, that's what you're supposed to do. And I kind of hung back behind and I was like, you know, I'm wide open over here. If John sees me, Then he can chuck it over here. And did you uh,
7: wave at all? Did you like try
1: and get his attention? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I was standing. I was waving like crazy over there. Did you see him? uh,
7: I mean, yeah, I, as I scrambled, I first had to make sure that I had space to run. And I it was crazy how I just saw this wave of people moving with me and this lone white jersey just hanging back there. And the thought was in my head, like, this entire wave is going to keep going and he's going to be standing there. And it's funny because as you guys were playing it, I obviously don't have a headset on, so I just relived it through my own face mask. And it's funny that Johnny went back to that same thing. We got to live it inside of ourselves and that view is obviously the best and most exciting one so, so you scrambled to your right in an attempt to maybe give a little more space that was well yeah that was all I was trying to buy time yeah. I just as I moved left then as their linebacker came at me I, I, I knew I needed to buy more time and you know, as you scramble and as you're running, you kind of have this sixth sense to fill things. And I was trying to feel my environment around me, feel if I was going to have to take pressure to get the ball off. And then just you could see that whole wave of defenders and my own guys moving. And then there's just there's Johnny. And to, to be honest, I didn't know it was Johnny until I started to throw the ball. <laughs> then I realized. But the thing that a lot of people don't know that was pretty cool was and I'm not sure if the TV catches this. As we walked onto the field after our little timeout on the sideline, Johnny walked up to me and said, "Hey, like, like, tell me what, what you're thinking." And I'm like, "All right, well, if they blitz us, I'm, I'm going to come to you. Uh, but if they drop drop everybody back, just like, be moving, find a way to get open." And that's literally—it was almost like a schoolyard thing of just, "Hey." Try to get open, and if I can find you, I'll find you, and Did, it worked. What was the play call? Did you have speci- a specific play call, or just like, just, just yeah. go down there, man? I'll find you. It was 59. Ace, yeah, ace flip 59. That was the play call. Yeah. And, you know, I remember
2: saying, just telling you, like, look, if you're in trouble, just throw it out yeah. to me. <laughs> I mean,
7: you'd it's had funny a decent how, game up to that point. Yeah. yeah. I think we were literally the last two people that spoke to each other before then, all right, it's time to snap the ball type type thing. And, you know, it <laughs> made it pretty cool.
0: Incredible. Ace flip 59. John Beck did not know that he was throwing the ball to Johnny Harleen until he started the motion of actually throwing the ball.
1: And we've learned also in conversations since then that in 2005, BYU loses in overtime because they're down seven and they have a Hail Mary play on a fourth down um, from a similar distance where – John Beck rushed that and throws the ball to Michael Reed, who actually breaks his arm attempting to dive for it. It's incomplete Utah wins. He learns in the offseason, he watches that, albeit painful, he said, that he learned, I have a ton of time there. So in 06, he takes his time. And that was the key to everything, to getting Johnny open.
0: BYU, and this is a growing theme here, converted a fourth down on the game winning drive back to Harleen in that same drive.
1: Yes, that's a great point. It's overlooked. And it Ward was down to, to, to an
0: amazing moment. Yes, there will be more of these in these greatest <laughs> moments as told by the players. Now, here's a fun fact. Max Hall waiting in the wings to replace John Beck at quarterback in 2006 was set to go as BYU's quarterback in 07, found his way into Rice-Eccles Stadium to watch that game and that iconic play. And this is maybe where Max's relationship with Utah fans really took hold.
3: The year before, you know, the famous uh, Beck to Harleen play, I was, um, I was on the team, but I was ineligible because of the transfer, so I didn't travel with the team. I didn't even have a ticket to the game. So I actually <laughs> snuck into the game at Utah. I snuck into that game. And uh, I, I didn't get in until probably close to the second half, but I found my way in. I found some seats, and I'm sitting there in the midst of the Utah fans, and um, I'm watching it. And then the play happens where John Beck throws the pass back to Johnny Harleen for the touchdown to win the game. And I'm going nuts <laughs> in the middle of the Utah section. And nobody knows who I am. Nobody knows anybody- I'm just giving it to all these Utah fans, and they're like, who is this guy? They're looking at me, and I'm just like, that was my first experience at a BYU-Utah game when John threw that ball to Harlan." so that that was pretty cool. That was a fun memory because I could say and do whatever I want because nobody knew who I was, so I was just lighting everybody up. It was pretty cool.
0: Now, Max Hall's first experience with the BYU-Utah rivalry, um, amazingly, isn't the most memorable that he has in the BYU-Utah rivalry. I
1: mean, he's sitting there as the scout squad quarterback in 06. In 07, he has to beat out Brendan Gaskins and Cade Cooper for the spot. And Cade Cooper then transfers after that. But Max becomes this full cure and, you know, from 09 to at least 2019 was the, was the guy that uh, had beaten Utah, but no one else had, right? Uh, the great Taysom Hill, unfortunately, never got that win over Utah. And, and Riley Nelson and Christian Stewart and others had made attempts, uh, but haven't, didn't get it done during that period. So Max Hall becomes this guy. I think he also tells this story where beer was poured on him and maybe someone with him. Was that in the – that was earlier in the game maybe? That was 2008 when BYU – Oh, okay.
0: Lost. In 09, he's upset yes, about yes, the year before. Correct.
1: Gotcha. Okay. So, 06, he's like by himself, sneaking into rice
0: Stadium <laughs> as the scout squad
1: quarterback. You think the whole team gets to go. It's not true. I mean, Matt, Max is a guy who can't play. He can't be on the
0: sideline quite yet. So, that's hilarious. Find a way. He's and it paid off. He,
1: he steals the ticket to the game, and later he steals a win
0: <laughs> against Utah. He stole a couple of wins yes, against Utah in his career Seven for that and matter. And, all right, what do we got um, coming up?
1: Coming up, Taysom Hill's iconic hurdle at Texas.
0: Of course, that has to be in here. Plus, Dennis Pitta saves the day against Oklahoma before the game winner. What is it with critical fourth down conversions on game winning drives? This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: Yes, we have time for Dennis today.
0: He is Jerem. I am Spencer, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Football: The Greatest Moments as told by players. We have ample time, even for our friend Dennis Pitta. Today Today we do, yeah. The Super Bowl champion with the Baltimore Ravens was making huge plays in NFL stadiums before he was technically in the league. Just see 2009 and BYU season opening win against then third-ranked Oklahoma and the reigning Heisman Trophy winner Sam Bradford. Dennis was the decoy on the epic game winner at Jerry's World.
3: (laughs) line up immediately and I wait for anything and they snap it on fourth down and they got it Hit you
0: know what that was that's like a two-point play All right, now what makes this play even more unbelievable is the build-up to it, Jerem, because BYU is trending towards one of the biggest wins in history, but they got to score a touchdown.
1: Yes, and Colby Claussen has separated the A.C. joint of Sam Bradford at this point. And so in comes Landry Jones, who becomes this unbelievable college quarterback as well. Top six in yards all time, goes to the NFL. But he's a freshman, and BYU has the advantage of a senior Max Hall and a senior Dennis Pitta, and uh, they made plays in this game. And this is a huge game, as you mentioned. First one in Jerry's world, and uh, the best was yet to come here. But uh, I love the story behind this one because BYU eventually scores and wins this game. Oklahoma's ranked third, huge win. BYU was 20th. They were good. Um, And BYU proved and climbs into the top 10, you know, two weeks later after beating Tulane. That was a huge fourth down conversion, which is sort of the theme of the show leading to the big plays.
0: Right, Make a big fourth down conversion to set up the game winning play. We often hear the idea of envisioning greatness and then making it happen. Well, that happened this night. These guys eventually called their shot.
2: That last drive was was. I guess the only thing I really remember from that last drive is when we went for it on fourth down and it was like, we were driving, we were moving the ball pretty good. And then we got kind of stuck on third down. It was third and five. I think we had an incompletion. And so we're kind of all jogging back to the huddle and we, we get the call from the sideline and it's a hurry up play. We had a couple plays that were like, when the, the call comes in from the sideline, it was just like one word code word. We already knew what the play was. And it's just, You sprint to the line, you run the play. And so Coach Anai, to his credit, just was totally prepared for the moment. And it didn't allow anybody any time to think or process or realize how big of a play that was going to be in that game. Because fourth and five, we don't convert there. We lose the game. And so the play was, and I don't even remember the formation, but I was just flexed out barely to the right side of the formation. And I just had a five yard out. And yeah, there it is right there. And so we sprint up to the line. We get the call, whatever. I can't remember what the code word was. I wish I, I remember it. But we, we all run to the line. No time to think. And it's just like, boom, that we snap the ball. And I released. And, and the defense is kind of frozen by this a little bit. Because fourth and five, typically you're going to huddle. Men even burn a timeout. They really want to kind of think about the scenario, go through what they're going to call. But boom, we ran that play. And it kind of caught them off guard. I mean, a simple five yard out, I just kind of ran away from the middle linebacker that was kind of tucked in the box. And Max put it right on me. I was able to turn up, get some extra yards. And I think I lost my helmet on the play at the end. (laughs) Fittingly, every play. Fittingly. So, um, and then a couple of plays after, I don't know if it was one or two, three plays after um, McKay Jacobson, I was running like a little sit route on the goal line. And he had um, kind of a dig or kind of bent in around behind me and just got lost behind me in the defense and and max hit him with it and that was the game so just like you look back at that game that's the one play and kind of sequence that I really remember just in the moment when the biggest moment of our season arguably the biggest moment of that game um you know we were we were just you didn't have to think coach and I was you know it it took some uh real guts to to make that call and and it worked out
0: Yes, Dennis converts the fourth down, and because he does that and they know he's the go-to guy, the defense and the linebackers, they all sneak up on Dennis at the goal line, and McKay Jacobson just calmly winds behind the defense. He's open for the game-winning touchdown. And, Jeremy, I love the story that these guys discussed that potential game-winning touchdown before it actually happened.
1: So here's the story. So McKay Jacobson, who is a freshman that year in 06 and a meaningful receiver before his mission, he calls Max Hall during the summer. They know they're playing Oklahoma in that stadium. McKay's from the Metroplex there, and he calls Max and he says, hey, uh, I, hey, I'm open in the end zone. He's standing in the same end zone that he eventually <laughs> catches the game winning touchdown pass. And a story that Dennis Pitta. Mentioned in the interview that we just saw that we didn't uh, play right then was that leading up to the game, McKay was dating a girl and they said, dude, if you catch a touchdown, you got to propose after this. <laughs> so after McKay catches the touchdown pass, they run to the sideline and Dennis said a bunch of them were yelling at McKay. P- you got to
0: propose, propose, bro. Propose, you got to propose. propose.
1: So we don't know if he did or not, but uh, <laughs> epic moment with McKay.
0: Catch the game winner. You got to propose. Oh, and then it happened.
1: Oh, and by the way, uh, the quarterback in high school for McKay Jacobson was Chase Daniel, who ends up uh, still being in the NFL, you know, in 2020, which is crazy.
0: Friend of Drew Brees and Taysom Hill, who was uh, the, the Big Easy with those guys for a few years. Yeah,
1: what a fun game and fun win. Okay, coming up, Riley Nelson versus Tulsa in 2011. Red alert, the story behind the rogue play where he connected with Cody Hoffman for the game winner in the bowl game.
6: Because the game was on the line, and I went against the direct order from the sideline, which was to block it, huddle up, and call another
0: play. <laughs> How fun is this show? Plus, Taysom Hill owns Texas. That'll make it a little more fun. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere.
0: Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B, a special featuring some of the greatest moments as told by the players. And it took some dramatics and another wild finish at a bowl game, go figure, to give BYU a 10-win season in 2011. So right now we're all in on red alert, former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson. Tenth play of this drive. Clock starting to tick. Here's Nelson looking to the end zone. A yard shy of it. Pass is caught by Marcus Matthews, and the clock continues to move. 28-27. Yeah,
3: if you're Tulsa, take all the time you need to wait to get up.
4: But don't get caught out of position. 18 they seconds. clock it. He'll
1: fake the clock. Throw to the end zone. Touchdown!
0: seconds remaining his third touchdown grab of the afternoon and BYU has the lead oh go bonkers once again and uh, as we've mentioned several times the theme of clutch plays leading up to the plays are what set BYU up in these great positions Marcus Matthews makes a big catch on the goal line setting up Riley Nelson to make that on a whim decision to uh, go to Cody Hoffman on red alert
1: can we talk about a fourth down conversion Sure. On that drive? Sure. Riley Nelson rushes on, I think, fourth and eight. He gets nine or something. It's just fourth down conversions leading to these plays. You have to make a series of clutch plays to get to the one you remember. And the one we remember is Red Alert. That's the name of it. Why is it red? Why couldn't it be blue? I don't alert? know. You know what I mean? Come on. But uh, the fact that. BYU draws that up, and Riley goes rogue, which we'll hear about in a second, is, is amazing. Remember, this is the first bowl game of independence. It also gets BYU to 10 wins, which was the thing BYU was doing. of 6 7, 8, 9, 10 rebuilding year, which it keeps as a freshman. If you play a freshman quarterback, you, you don't have to win double digit uh, that year because you're building, right? But then BYU goes back to 10, and it's like, everything's good. Independence works. It's great. And the years after that, BYU doesn't get 10. This is a meaningful moment to get that 10th win.
0: You like dramatics and big-time wins? Well, the 2011 Armed Forces Bowl was clearly no different for Riley Nelson and the Cougars.
6: Right here, this was one of our bread-and-butter plays. It was called 56-duo, where on the front side, we just run a stick route trying to get – and Marcus ran a great route. He's just trying to find his zone between the linebackers. As we knew that they were trying to do, you know, he's holding his hands up, but with his other hand, he's holding his foot, trying to make the clock run down. At this point, you notice – I, I peeked over to the sideline, but I ignored what they were saying, which was clock it. And Red <laughs> Alert was something we practiced the whole year. Uh, right there, you see I glanced to the left. We practiced it all year uh, going to the wide side of the field. Ross Alpo was up there, and he just had more space to kind of throw a fade ball. That's where we wanted to look. My last glance before we snapped the ball, I it said about 13, 14 seconds. So I knew I had to be quick. Anyway, when I looked to Ross, the guy was holding him. His DB – actually lined up and was staring at Ross. He wasn't looking at any of the other fakes. So he played it as if it was a normal play. So I had to eliminate Ross really quickly, came back, and so I was going to come back to peek at Cody and either huck the ball out of bounds as quickly as I could. And luckily, Cody, when I came back, we kind of, you know, and Cody, it's well-documented, we had a good uh, little connection. He got his eyes back. He saw me look, stopped, was able to throw a back corner as Luckily, Cody's DB, because he was so much closer to the ball, he got caught up in more of the fake of it all. So he got uh, really anxious trying to recover to cover the deep fade, which allowed Cody to stop, throw the ball back pretty easily, and, and the rest was history. And then the last thing I'll show, it doesn't show me running off the field, but Coach uh, Mendenhall with he didn't want to do too big of a smile, as he never wanted to do when he knew the cameras <laughs> were on him. But he gave me a little smirk and he was like, and a little hug and he kind of pulled me in and said in my ear, he goes, you're, you're lucky that worked. <laughs> and, uh, just, of course there would be no real punishment or anything in it, but like, it, you know, he and I had that relationship. I, I am lucky that it worked because the game was on the line and I went against a direct order from the sideline, which was to block it, huddle up and call another play. <laughs> So uh, a great moment uh, for for me personally, for Cody, for that 2011 team to, uh, you know, get after that 2000, uh, that 2010, which was tough going seven and six and trying to find our way to get back to the tradition that, you know, Max Holland set all those years, winning 11 and 10 games to to get back to that point. Uh, A great ball moment, great moment for program history.
0: Riley Nelson, (laughs) you're lucky that worked. (laughs) And can you, we appreciate the rogue nature right there. Can
1: you imagine if it didn't? <laughs> like he throws a pick.
3: Intercepted!
1: Ah! Oh, scholarship revoked. Back to Utah State. You know, no, that's such a great play because uh, it gets BYU to 10 wins. Riley Nelson has this emergent 2011 year where he and Jake Keeps are, you know, uh, neck and neck, and, and Jake starts the season as the guy, but Riley ends the season as the guy, and Jake transfers and uh, then you go into 2012, and then all of a sudden Riley gets hurt and Taysom Hill starts a couple games. So you just have to have a good backup. I think that's what we've learned through independence is. Obviously, there have been injuries, ineptitude, inconsistency, the three uh, deadly eyes, right? Riley Nelson was a guy that was ready. And, you know, physically, you know, he's got the hair, the hair flowing when he first shows up in 2010 with that, uh, you know, amazing comeback against Utah State. But here against Tulsa, this was a nice win. And the helmets, by the way, were... Ridiculously awesome. They had the, the, the camo. Yeah,
0: the camo helmet. and the wide. Oh, it was sweet. I love it. Every time I see Cody Hoppin celebrating in the end zone, I'm like, why don't we have that helmet somewhere?
1: Yeah, the end zone was not awesome if you saw that. It's like, like, the pain job was terrible. But anyway, the helmet was amazing. And the trophy, by the way, the arm Bowl trophy. I've held that thing. That is the heaviest uh, trophy I've ever uh, encountered. Ever. It, that thing was made of, like, pure lead. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you drop that in the ocean? Forget about it, man. It is gone.
0: You brought up the guy that took over for Riley Nelson, Taysom Hill. And I'm not sure there is a more feared individual and downright respected opponent in Texas football history than Taysom Hill. The man ran over, around, through the Longhorns, and uh, on the way to multiple resounding victories against the storied burnt orange and white. Who can forget this iconic gem in 2014 known simply as the Leap?
3: on second down hill steps out of pressure and has the seam for a first down and more hurdles his way highlight reel
7: touchdown
0: the memes and gifts that came from that play alone are legendary in their own right. Leaping over the Texas Longhorns, Taysom Hill, bigger than Texas, man. That was an unbelievable performance and win by BYU it was six to nothing at halftime. Yeah. That play right there opened the floodgates for BYU's offense.
1: And this is the iconic moment of Taysom Hill's career. I mean, unfortunately, you may think of injuries uh, at the in the same the lead. ilk, but The leap, dude, the hurdle. I call it a hurdle because it's like he went high, right? The dude goes for his legs and Taysom just reads it and goes high and walks into the end zone. And it was this real, it was this real surreal moment because BYU had lost, lost to Texas in 2011, had pounded them the year before. And we're thinking, is BYU going to do it again? And in the second half, BYU was unbelievable. This is a great Adam Hine game. This is a great Jordan Leslie game. This is a great defensive game by BYU. But the iconic moment for Taysom Hill in his career is
0: this play. Yeah, we all thought there's no way Texas is going to let Taysom Hill get the best of them again.
1: (laughs) The, The dude with the knee brace. The dude with the knee brace can't beat you rushing
0: the ball. Okay, that's just a rule, right? It can't happen. Taysom Hill remembering the leap in his own words. I made it through the the first level. I
4: knew I was one-on-one in the secondary, the safety. And he came up, and they've been diving at my my knees and ankles all game. So I took a leap of faith, and luckily it worked.
0: (laughs) The leap of faith. He adds to it. Yeah, I'll say it worked. BYU beats Texas 41-7. to Back-to-back years, the Cougars take it to the Longhorns.
1: It's one thing to beat a good team. And Texas, I think, was ranked the week before, but was only in one poll. or Ranked no,
0: 25th, yeah. In one poll, in one poll or one something
1: pole. and unranked in another. But just a kick butt of a good team is just awesome, A man. year
0: after you embarrassed them when they were the 15th-ranked team in the country and came into Provo with some swagger.
1: Now BOA comes in, they do it again. Um, didn't, didn't we talk to, who did we talk to uh, early in the show's history um, that calls games, just call for CBS Sports Network, what's his name? That he said he was reading an Austin paper and that Taysom Hill's name showed up six weeks later. They were still talking about him after that play. It was <laughs> unbelievable, dude. Unbelievable.
0: <laughs> Not one year later, Taysom Hill was opening his 2015 season at Memorial Stadium against the Nebraska Cornhuskers, only to have it ended short, with a broken foot, thus opening the door for Tanner Mangum's heroics with Mitch Matthews at the end of that game. On that note, it's one thing to play a part in one of these unforgettable iconic moments, and it's another to have multiple plays like this, and then there's doing it in (laughs) back-to-back games. Tanner Mangum had arguably the greatest opening freshman act in BYU Athletics history, and then act two produced this jaw-dropper against Boise State.
3: Pressure from behind. Mangum flips it into the end zone. We've seen this before. Touchdown, BYU!
0: What an amazing call. We've seen this before. He calls his shot
1: as the ball's in the air. I mean, that's quite a Hail Mary call.
0: Unbelievable. You got a fourth down play, by the way, Jerem. Again! Got to make a fourth down play Man, Crazy to win these
1: games. And and, and the one of the, the shortest receiver on the field catches the ball. It's not about how tall you are in that moment, right? It's about just making a play. And Mitchell Juergens, that's his iconic moment. Oh, State. yeah.
0: The star man was born that night. <laughs> Mitchell Juergens' memorable celebration in the south end zone at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Again, what, what is it with Tanner and his Mitches? Here's the memory from Mitchell <laughs> Juergens' winning perspective.
6: When the ball was up, uh, <laughs> I, I honestly didn't think the ball was coming to me. I've, I've kind of talked about this, and, and so when, when Tanner – lobbed it up to me i just knew i had to make a play and when i jumped up and caught it and then came down it took me until i was on the ground to realize hey i still had the ball in my hand i caught it and i think we just went up and so um that was just pure elation um Pure excitement and so that was the natural response. It was so fluid. <laughs> it was like one motion. Was it was like, like a break dance it. move, like it, boom. It, it looked as if I
4: practiced it, but I honestly <laughs> I honestly didn't. I think it was the first time I've ever done that. Every so. muscle it was in the, your body It was the electric. stuck landing. Yeah. It's
0: like a gymnastics yeah. movement and you stick that, the landing. I gave yeah. that a ten. Yeah, yeah
1: I, I really a 10 did.
7: For
0: that? <laughs> really good.
1: <laughs> now I want to point this out. Unbelievable. Mitch, Mitch Matthews is on the field. He doesn't get to throw.
0: He's go- celebrating in the background.
1: He's on the other side of the field. So it was two different guys in two weeks catching a Hail Mary to win in dramatic fashion against two quality opponents. Nebraska only wins five games that year, but I'll take a win at Nebraska every single year. And then Boise State, the rivalry.
0: Again, you can write off one Hail Mary to luck two weeks in a row? Holy cow. Here we go. Kind of makes you wonder. <laughs> there was a little bit more than luck involved. Okay. okay.
1: <laughs> Don't bring out Sunday school, Jerem here. Let's oh,
0: go. Hey, time for Tanner Mangum to enlighten us with his take.
7: Honestly, it's just, you know, just uh, belief. Even though it's you know, the last, last minute, fourth down, we just know we've we got to make the play. we got to go win, and uh, we never give up. You know, obviously, Mitch, Ma- Matthews last week made an amazing catch, and Mitch Durgens this time made an amazing catch. But it's all the things leading up to that 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 made it happen. The defense played amazing, getting stops. The offensive line creating holes. Without those little things leading up to it, that last second play doesn't happen.
0: It's the greatest eight day span of any BYU quarterback in history.
1: Oh, I I mean, you hope that Tanner Mangum could do something bigger than that, but uh, like he peaked in his first two games. Like those were unbelievable. But we'll always be talking about Nebraska. We'll always talk about Boise State as well. Pretty amazing. Okay, coming up, Micah Simon's heroics against Tennessee.
0: Yeah, another game we'll always be talking about. Remembering the Rocky Top Revival deep in the heart of SEC country. Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation. Our BYU Sports Nation special continues. Imagine this. You have 80-plus yards to go with under 20 seconds to play against a storied SEC program in their stadium featuring over 100,000 fans, down by three. That was the scenario for BYU at Tennessee and the Micah Simon miracle at Neyland Stadium.
3: Third down and six. Snap the ball. Wilson. Throws
6: it deep. Oh, my goodness. Receiver wide open. Caught in Tennessee territory.
1: Simon inside the 30.
0: seven seconds left the clock will stop to reset the chains and then BYU will have to get up there and spike the ball yes spike the ball and then like Jake Oldroyd (laughs) kicked the field goal that barely sneaks in to put this game in overtime this game's over Jerem it's
1: over it's totally over when Zach Wilson releases the ball there's what like 16 seconds left are you kidding me and when we started that clip I thought are those crickets because it's so loud in there it's so loud. Uh, when I call my mom in Arizona at night, it's, it's behind it. It's like, is the power really? Le-? No, it's bucks. The fans in there were so loud. In the first quarter, BYU had to go to a silent count. They even called a timeout to figure out how to deal with it. So in that moment, imagine that.
0: And you were there. What was it like when that happened? It was electric, to say the least. You know, we joke about this place is
6: electric. You, know,
0: it, you, you feel the electricity in yeah. that moment. I just kept looking around me like... Did that really did that, did that, I was looking for confirmation that that actually just happened. You because that does notarized. not happen. Like, yeah. hey, wait, did, did he actually catch that ball? And is BYU really in field goal position now? Because the game's over. I'm getting set up for the post game. Yes. Preparing mentally, like, okay, there's a ninety-nine point nine nine percent chance is gonna lose this game. Which questions do BYU's I want to ask? Going to
1: be Owen two that just yes. lost to Utah. What do yep. I want
0: to ask to Kalani Satake? The players like you formulate all this and then this one play happens and all of that ideology just gets chucked out the window. Yes. It's like, they could actually win this game now.
1: That's one of the most epic plays in BYU history. I mean, I, I would say it's you know, top 25, top 35, or whatever. We'll, we'll have to do that show, too. But this is such an epic moment because it sets up the game tire. It pushes into OT. BYU goes to a second OT, and Tyson Williams rushing and bowling his way into the end zone with the line What a play by Micah Simon. It was truly miraculous. To have that play happen when it happened,
0: man, the celebration in the moment, the celebration with like 5,000 BYU fans who were crowding outside of Neyland Stadium for an hour and a half after the game just to catch a glimpse of any BYU football player, it was incredible. Here's Micah Simon on the Micah Miracle and the team mindset approaching that last improbable drive in regulation.
4: You know, we all hoped we we could have got out of bounds to kind of calm us down a little bit, but clock's ticking. It? No, timeouts no timeouts left. No timeouts and it's under
0: 20 seconds. Is it the same play call? Same,
4: same play, just different formation.
0: Keep Micah the, Simon keep
4: the back in to protect.
0: Top of the screen and hello! <laughs> run, run. Unless, unleash the trailer.
6: Kalani runs a
0: 4-5-40 catching up to you, Micah, down the sideline and all of a sudden you first and ten, well within field goal range. Micah, how in the world do you get open right there?
4: It's a good question. I mean, it's you know I think the corner just uh, thought you know since it was third, third and medium, I would probably sit at the sticks and then try to get out of bounds. And he just had bad eyes and was able to was able to get uh get behind him. And then Matt, you know the great tight end he is, was able to draw a couple guys his way and and yeah, I was able to get open. You look pretty tired. Bro, I was so <laughs> tired. <laughs>
0: And now there's serious nerves happening. It's like, hey, we made a great play, but now we've got to make the field goal. I didn't,
4: I didn't watch. You did I, not watch no, it. I didn't either. I didn't, I didn't watch Really? Him.
3: You nah, couldn't watch? Uh, I was just sitting down and just trying to stay calm.
0: Coach, from your perspective, where you saw the ball, were you wondering if it went in?
3: Well, I usually look for the crowd to see a response, but they were all saying miss. Like I think you can see it here. They were cheering a little bit. And so I obviously looked to the refs and just, you know, this is a, <laughs> Close. And then they put their hands up, and then uh, from this
4: angle, you can see it. <laughs>
3: so, I yeah.
4: was confused because I'm i listening, and I hear yeah. a lot of, you know, Tennessee fans cheering. But then I also hear our guys on the sideline like, yes, let's go. So then that's when I looked up, and I was like, all right,
0: overtime. <laughs> this little piggy from Jake Oldroyd sneaks it in the upright.
1: Oh, end. man, that makes you nervous even watching that again. But what an incredible play. And uh, BYU getting it done. Tennessee, by the way, ends up winning eight games. To beat a Power 5 team on the road that wins at least eight games is a rare thing for BYU. BYU did it against it, Wisconsin
0: in 2018. Yes. Tennessee in 2019.
1: And I think I want to say that BYU's done it like six times since the mid-'90s. Like, it is very, very rare to beat a good team on the road. I would say an eight-win team is a good team, right? So what, a, what an amazing play by Micah Simon and company.
0: Oh, so fun. Just unforgettable stuff. By the way, our thanks to today's guests – all of whom joined us uh, at some point either in person or on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline on Zoom. Deseret First, you know why we show how Jim McMahon, Steve Young, John Beck, Max Hall, Dennis Pitta, Riley Nelson, Taysom Hill, Tanner Mangum, Mitchell Jurgens, and Micah Simon.
1: And Brady Christensen and Kalani Satake. <laughs> I mean, you've got to throw them in there too. So there have been some great moments in BYU history, right? And there are more moments than this, uh, and you can watch those on other shows, which is great. But what, what a history of amazing plays and amazing moments. And I'm looking forward to the plays that we don't know are going to happen in the future that we will talk about as well. And the amazing fourth down conversions that led to them and the amazing stories behind the people involved in them. And it's just it, it just gets you excited. It just gets you excited to see the history, to see those moments, and then to live more moments in the future from BYU football.
0: Yeah, the little nuggets that come out in the stories, too. Going back to John Beck. I didn't even really know who I was throwing the ball to and still I, <laughs> until I started to throw it, and it's Johnny Harleen. Yes. You know, because we all think, oh, of course he was looking for Johnny Harleen. It was his main target. He didn't know.
1: And he had scored, he being Harleen, two touchdowns in that game already. One so on that, Eric Weddle. Yeah, and then one down the sideline maybe on Weddle as well. I, I don't remember. Early in the
0: game to put BYU up 14 nothing.
1: Yeah, and, and that was big. So I look forward to more of these moments from – Guys, we don't know from people who might be 12 years old, you know, and in eight years are making a play as a sophomore at BYU or something. Or maybe they turn out to be 26 and they're a super senior (laughs) at BYU. But great plays will happen in the future as well.
0: Just remember, if you want to make this show or future versions of it, you have to convert a critical fourth down.
1: And then make an amazing play. And then make
0: an amazing play at the end of that drive. Yeah. it's That simple.
1: Okay. Our thanks to uh, all the guests today. And we had time for Dennis Pitta. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUS.
0: For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. If you can't tell, we're smiling ear to ear because this was so much fun. Hey, shout out to Norm Chow. Go kooks.